I want to read a couple of verses out of the book of James, and then I'm going to turn to 1 Timothy chapter 5. Amen. And look at some things that I believe God wants us to see tonight. And the Bible teaches us these things in chapter 1 of the book of James. He says in verse number 26 and 27. These are where I'm going to use and then we're going to go to the uh, other verses and then we're going to preach on that tonight. He said in James chapter 1 verse 26. If any man among you seem to be religious. Now for years I told people they didn't need to be religious. That's the problem with everybody. There's too religious. And I heard people say, oh, so-and-so got religion, and I detested that in my early days. And when I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking about religion as a whole, and religion has ruined countries and people and churches. And I used to say, I don't have religion, I got salvation. I'm glad I do. But the Bible teaches us that we do have religion in the sense because it says here, uh, and he's got it, not just religion, he's got a name to it. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, in other words, he can't keep his mouth shut, speaks too much, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion, this man's religion, and notice that we've already said if he seems to be religious, and that says this man's religion. A lot of people has got man's religion. Amen. He said, is vain. But then the Lord clarifies it through James in verse 27. He said, pure religion. I like that. That's the kind I got. Amen. Somebody says, you got religion, tell them I got the pure kind. Amen. Don't waste time with them, just tell them you got the pure kind. Amen. You ever see, sometimes they put a little sign, pure honey. Well, I wouldn't want impure, honey. Amen. I wouldn't want partial pure, honey. Amen. But he says, pure religion, that's what I want, and that's what I got. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. He's going to tell you if you've got it or not. To visit the fatherless, that's those who don't have any parents or, or father, Every, every baby's got a father, but think about all those that's been aborted. And widows in their affliction. And to keep himself unspotted from the world. Three things that God said you had pure religion if you had these things. And you got these things if you have pure religion. Number one, you visit the fatherless. Number two, and the widows in their affliction. And you keep himself unspotted from the world. Now that widows in their affliction means when they're sick. They can't help themselves. Now we're going to turn, please, to 1 Timothy chapter 5. 1 Timothy chapter 5. And I'm going to deal with something I've threatened to do for a while, and I'm going to do it tonight. And I won't cover it all. Because there's just so much there. But 1 Timothy chapter 5. We're going to deal with 
the widows. Uh, you men tonight, I'll try to find something to get pounce on you with, but, and some of you that ain't widows, you're exempt, but you're going to get there. You ladies, if you live long enough, will end up being a widow probably, may not. This also includes the widowers, if you will, but there's a different little story about them, and I'm not preaching on them in particular tonight. Okay? But we're going to take the Bible and let the Bible tell us. And I realize I'm going to say things tonight that other preachers wouldn't say, wouldn't be preached, wouldn't be accepted if it was. But I want to deal with the Word of God. I looked up in the, in the concordance, the name or word widow is mentioned 49 times. And the name widows, with an S on it, is mentioned 24 times. And there's some other things about it tonight we'll notice. But look in verses 1 and 2 of chapter 5, and uh, we'll see this tonight. God tells us how we ought to accept each other. God tells me how I'm to respect you and how you're to respect me. God tells us how we're to are, we are to intermingle at the house of God. So he says in verse number 1, Rebuke not an elder. An elder is, uh, I guess you'd say, he can be more than just an elderly man or a woman. It can be somebody that's very well saturated with the Word of God. Some mature a lot quicker. I've known some 20 and 30 year old men and some 20 and 30 year old ladies that had matter, uh, they had come to the place that they had matured in the Lord. And some of those can speak and uh, run circles around some of the elderly, elderly men and women in our churches. There's no excuse tonight for you to be 60, 70, 80, or 90 years old and not know much about the Bible. Matter of fact, the older you get, the more you should know. If you can't find your knowledge of the Scriptures unless you have a bad mind, that does go along with it. You probably some of you have already forgotten things that you knew well back yonder years ago and you keep losing it every day. Some of you ladies talk about it. But I'm saying to you, you should be more anchored in the Bible now than you've ever been in your life. And that goes for the young folks too as well. Amen. If you're losing ground on the Scripture and the Scripture's losing ground on you, your heart's not right with God. Now that's pretty plain, but that's true. If you've got a good mind, or a fair good mind for being aged, you ought to know more about the Lord's will and work than you've ever known. So it said rebuke not an elder. That word rebuke means to remain, uh, reprimand, to scold, to admonish, to reprove, to criticize, or just to tell them off. We're living in a society when it's just a, common for young folks to tell off their parents, to tell off the preacher, to tell off the church folks, and tell off anybody that gets in their way. 
and tell them they don't want to hear what they've got to say. But God says, rebuke not an elder. Now he's not talking about somebody that's in sin. and An elder is somebody that's been trained and taught and knows the word of God. And it's a dangerous thing for any child of God to rebuke or to hinder an elder. Right? Then the Bible said, but entreat him as a father. And in this particular place, he's talking about the elder men. So you treat the elder men as a father. That's how everybody is to look at the men in the house of God because of Christian. We're not to look at them for anything else. We're looking to them as a father. Somebody that's got the authority figure, if you will. The father figure. That they know what they're talking about. And then it said, and that word entreat means to ask, to request. In other words, I taught in Sunday school this morning that King Rehoboam went to the old men and he wouldn't take their advice. And then he went to the young men and took the advice of them because he'd been raised up with them. And we got a lot of that in our modern day today. And he did not entreat uh, the elders. And so we get in trouble doing that. And so in here it says uh, how we treat the, fa- the men, the older men, as fathers. Secondly, in verse 1 he says, And the younger men as brethren. Brothers. We're to treat the younger as brothers. I can't treat a young man as a father. I have to treat him as, an, as a brother. Understand? He can't treat me as, an, as a young man. He has to treat, entreat me tonight as a father. Now God's plain in this. Paul's giving this out. And so we need to find our place of where we are. God has got it all laid out in the word of God of where we are. Everybody's got their own place. Secondly, in verse number 2, and we're just laying the groundwork. In verse 2 it said, the elder women as mothers, the older ladies of the church, are to be considered and treated as mothers. Got the motherly advice. And as an elder lady, you ought to try to desire to be like a mother to the younger. Amen. Said, not my kids. You've got a responsibility to live right in front of every young lady in the church. And older men have got a responsibility to God to live right to the younger men. Amen. I'm not out of the Word of God. I'm right down the line. Right in the center. Right where God wants it. Now look at this. The elder women as mothers and the younger as sisters. Now you elderly ladies cannot treat these young girls just tonight as uh, as mothers. You'll have to treat them as sisters. And these elderly or these young ladies can't treat you tonight as a young lady. They'll have to treat you as a mother. Now we got all that right, hadn't we? So we want to look at it a little clearer. And he said, in 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 the middle of that, he put out three words that. I didn't read a moment ago, with all purity. Amen, with purity. In other words, nothing 
out of line. Verse 1 and verse 2, it's not for a personal, it's not for a desirable or a sexual relationship with anybody in the church. God said that's a forbidden thing and that's not even what he's given us this tonight. This is a relationship with the people of God. And I see it miscarried and misdone in our churches. And then in verse number 3, the Lord says this, and here's where we're going to take off with our message. He says tonight, Honor widows that are widows indeed. Amen. Sometimes widows indeed are widows in need. And we're going to deal with that tonight. And look at it. Now I want to say this and I want to go back and make this statement clear. I'm taking my time because I want this to go over. Not many are here tonight. And that just gives me an opportunity to share it down the road so I'm practicing for them when they come back. I ought to be better at it next time. And so I'm saying tonight that we are practicing because I'm going to give it to them too. But they've got to remember we're online. Amen. This message will be online tomorrow and uh, we're trying to preach to people around the world. So whether here tonight, it don't make no difference. We're still going to reach the crowd. And I give God the praise. So it says in verse 3, Honor widows that are widows indeed. If there's widows indeed, then there must be some that's not indeed. You don't, you don't just support every widow in the church. And God gives us the reason and the kind and how to do it. But in verse number four, and we're going to start with this, and I want to point these things out to you. First of all, what is a widow? A widow is a woman who has lost her spouse. Well, I better not say that. A widow is, in our modern day, a woman who has lost her husband. In our modern day, you could say spouse, and we got some of these wild, I guess some of these older women may have married another woman somewhere, and we won't call her a spouse. We'll say husband. We got to be careful in these days. Uh, she's a woman who has lost her husband by death and has not remarried. Any widow tonight that's lost her husband and remarried, she's no longer a widow. Any widower, a man who has lost his wife, is no longer a widower. Got me? You said, boy, that's real deep theology. Yeah, in this modern day, that, that stretches the brains of a lot of young folks. All right, now let's go on. The Bible says in verse 4, But if any widow have children or nephews, if, if, if. Look at this. If any of those widows in your church or in your life or anybody you come in contact with, they've lost their husband, but if they've got children or nephews. Now children didn't seem to say if they have boys. 
It could also be girls. If a widow or a woman has lost her husband and she's got children and nephews, then it said, let them learn first to show piety at home. Now that word piety or pity or whatever you want to call it is simply having devotion for or care for. Means to requite, to reward, or to repay them for what they've done for you. That's why we're living in a society today, uh, years ago when I was a young boy, I never heard of anybody ever putting a parent, a grandparent, or anybody in a nursing home. The family took care of them till they died. I've always told my kids, make a lot of money while you're young and can. Because one of these days when you get tired of me, put me in a good nursing home. If you can find one. Understand? But I'm telling you tonight and I ask God to help me to be able to take care of myself till I draw my life's breath. But I may not. God may not give me that. I'm asking him for it. But if any widow have children or nephews. Now you know what children are. Those are the ones that brought that you brought from your own loins. Your children. So first of all in a widow's life. It's the children that has responsibility to their mother as the widow. The children. And I hope that I've raised three children that will take care of me in my ugly days. And when I say ugly days, when I can't help myself anymore. Amen. When I can't wash my face and wash my body. And when I can't take a step without somebody holding my hand. I pray that my children will step in. But if I don't have children... And I'm saying this to the ladies. If you don't have children, if you've got a nephew. Now what's a nephew? I'm just laying this out. Some of you know what a nephew is. Some of you may not. But a nephew is a son of one's brother. It could also be a son of one's sister. It could also be a brother. A son of a brother-in-law. He could be a son of a sister-in-law. I know some ladies tonight that have fit the bill of the age to have this. They've got children and they've got nephews and family members that never even come by to check on them when they can't travel no more. Unless they want something from them. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we have changed our society. We have come to a bad place. Is it the place where that you're raised under your kids and all they seem to want is to get what you've got and wait on you to die and they're not going to give you any comfort to die. They just soon turn their back on you to let you die so they can get what you have. You said, preacher, I don't believe in that. Well, look around. Maybe that's not the way it is for you. But I'll tell you, that's the way it is in our society. We've got young teenage boys and girls today that don't care about their mamas and daddies now that's still able to help themselves. 
And they still got a parent, a mother and a daddy. And they don't have no respect for If they won't have respect for them when they're 19, they won't have no respect for them probably when they're 30 unless they're right with God or get right with God. I know people tonight, they're tickled to death to get their get the old man and the old woman in the, in the nursing home somewhere. Now this gets kind of quiet, but I'll, I'm right on target. Amen. If you ain't have no respect for your mom and daddy, not try to, it's going to get rough down the road. Amen. I've experienced some of this. I know what I'm talking about. There's a time in your life or will come if it hadn't already got there that you're going to have some problems in taking care of yourself and there's nobody going to take care of you because your kids are going to walk out on you. I'd like to say it in this church here, we don't have that problem. But if there's any young young person tonight that won't take care of their parents when they get a little older, I hope you have to double that up and you won't have nobody either when it comes your time. And probably you won't. The Bible says God has a a real good care for them because He says this one thing. If you honor your father and your mother, He said your days will be long on the earth. God promises that. So God says it's impertinent, it's important, it's, I mean, it's very commanded of you and demanded of you to take care of your parents. He said, but if any widows have children or nephews, let them learn first to show piety at home, then secondly, and to requite their parents. Amen. That requite just means to reward them and pay them for what they've done for you. Amen. They loved you and brought you into this world and you couldn't help yourself and it hadn't been for them, you'd have died. They fed you, they clothed you, they bathed you, they they pampered you, they uh, diapered you and everything else. They taught you. And so we look at that, so you're to show them your love for them. For that is good and acceptable for, before God. God said, I'll accept that. And if you don't do it, it's not acceptable. When God says, I accept something, that means what He wants. You got that? Now let's go to verse 5. In verse 5 it said, Now she that is a widow indeed. Well, let's just kind of look at something. In verse 3, he called it widows indeed. In verse 5, he says widow indeed. And in verse 16, he says widows indeed. Now, he wants to straighten it out. Paul's trying to say, you're to take in the widows who are widows indeed. Not every widow tonight, a man is qualified to be taken care of and see if they get all their needs. I don't believe we ought to mistreat anybody. And even if your kids don't help you, I believe the church, if they saw the need, ought to help you. Because that's the second choice. 
even though they won't help you, I wouldn't turn my back on you. Understand what I'm saying? Now the church, and we've got a welfare program in the country. Everybody's going to it. I, I just let me just throw something in that you may not like, and this may make you mad. And I don't, I don't, I don't want to make you mad, but I don't want not tell you the truth either. So I'll make you mad to tell you the truth if I have to. Okay, we're all we're on the same wavelength there now. I've seen parents get up and I don't never remember in my lifetime when I was a young boy that my mama and daddy sent me to school to eat breakfast. Now some of y'all may have went to school to eat breakfast. Now what they do is they send the kids to school to eat breakfast. Because mama and daddy either can't afford it or they spend it on everything else. It is their responsibility to see their child gets food. Some of them are smoking cigarettes. All got all kinds of dope habits and everything else. And can't. I remember my mama. (laughs) Daddy didn't have the money to buy a lunch program at the schoolhouse. So mama would get up and make biscuits and fry me an egg and put it in that biscuit. Now I didn't take that to school and eat it for breakfast because I didn't like breakfast. And mama made us sandwiches or something and we'd send us to school. But in the middle of that was a biscuit with an egg in it. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. I'd reach in and get that old egg out and look in that biscuit and everybody else would say, what is that? Uh, you said something mama sent. Keep it wrapped up. You bite into it because you didn't want them making fun of you because it was a biscuit and an egg. Because them little heathens around you would say, egg and a biscuit for dinner? How many has been there? All right. But I thank God for it. Now mama says, Now go on and get you a good breakfast at school. And the kids are taught now that we've got outside. That's welfare. You can say what you want to about it. Amen. You said, well, I'm a taxpayer. I've got to get something out of it. I believe it's responsibility not the school or anybody else to feed your youngins. I believe it's your responsibility. That don't fly good in this modern day. But I'm on target. Well, I go a little bit further here and it says, Now, she that is a widow indeed and desolate. You look at that word desolate, it means means somebody that's in need. It means somebody that's been abandoned to a certain extent. Her children has abandoned her. She's in need. I said, well, I go a widow in need. Indeed, is sometimes a widow in need. She, but notice what it says about her. God said, she trusteth in God. Now, we're talking about a widow who's in deed, indeed a widow. She's a real widow. 
God said she trusteth in God. A woman's lost her husband. What she does now, a real widow, she trusteth in God. She has nobody else. Nobody else to trust. She may depend on her children, but if her children is abandoned, she can't make them. All you little ladies in here that's got some age on you, you can't make your kids do right. You can tell them what you expect. You can tell you said, when I get old, I'll make mine. Yeah, have fun with that. You better hope they love you. And you won't have to try to coax them, coax or coax them to do it. Right? Amen. Like they got into electronics or coaxial cable. But trusteth in God. And continueth. That means she continues every day doing it. She continues in something. In supplications and prayers night and day. She can't do what everybody else can do. But she can pray. That's what widows ought to do. Now if you're, not, if you're a widow and you're not doing all that constantly and continually. You're not a widow indeed yet. You may say you're a widow, but you ain't a widow indeed. And that's the kind that you look for to support and help. And then in verse 6 it said, But she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. After you get a certain age, pleasure's over. It is. It is. Thank you, brother. He knows what I'm talking about. And I'm saying to you tonight... When you, uh, you, you lady, you know, uh, you can be 80, you can be 70, you can be uh, 85, you can be 90. And you can put on the mascara and clean up and smell good and look good. And you can go in out to places of business. You don't walk as good as you did. You don't talk as good as you did. You understand what I'm saying? You can't do what you used to do. And everybody, instead of looking to you, they look away from you. You don't draw a crowd, you push a crowd away. Amen. I watched men pull chairs out for the old ladies to sit down when they wouldn't even do it for their own wife. And it's because they're afraid they're going to fall in the floor in front of them. Understand? Are you seeing what I'm saying tonight? And looking at these, this is, this is real. It said, but she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. There's nothing to it. She's living in pleasure. There's no pleasure to, to an old man or a woman like it used to be. Amen. I got a good mind. I still can do anything I want to do in my brain. My body, my body won't let me. You understand what I'm saying? I could run. I can't run no more. Amen. I could. I guess a bear got after me, but you understand what I'm saying? Amen. I get up in the mornings and I say, Praise God, feel good. And I'm ready to go. And I'll take about three steps and my winding stem. Winds down. Fourth step's a little harder and the fifth step's even worse. 
Amen. After I made about 20 steps, I'm wondering if I'm going to make it anymore. Not far, I'm not that far gone yet, but I'm headed that direction and I know it. So I'm trying to say tonight that God, for you widows, He's got it here. He, he talks about the widows who, widows indeed, they trust in God constantly, continually, with supplications and prayers and supplications is serious minded praying. Yeah. It's not a, now I lay my, you know, my, you know lay my, Lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. It's agonizing prayer. Oh, God, touch our church. Touch them little flea bites over there. Don't know what they're doing. Oh, God, bless them. And you hear your voice a little cracking. And you're praying. We're talking about widows tonight. I'm not going to get all this done. I'll have to come back and preach some more. And it says here in verse number 6, But she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. And verse 7 said, And these things give in charge that they may be blameless. He's giving it the words to, the, to these, these widows. And I'm not going to get involved in that because I want to jump down and see some other stuff. I'm going to have to come back and preach this again. I see it. Verse 8. And he says this, But if any provide not for his own, He's talking about the children or the nephews, family members. But if any provide not for his own, children won't provide for their, their parents, their grandparents or whatever. And he said, and especially for those of his own house, his own personal mother, his own personal father. Then the Bible said, Here's what he's done. He hath denied the faith, and he is worse than an infidel. Do you know what an infidel is? An infidel is one tonight that is considered an unbeliever. He's a pagan, if you will. Actually, he's a heathen and a heretic because he's denied the faith. God has told them to take care of their parents. And God says there's some things that's going to happen. He's, he's denied uh, the faith and he's worse than an infidel. He didn't say he was like an infidel. He said he's worse than that. I didn't write this book. God did. Now I want to go on and hurriedly get some other things about it and we'll go to the house. The Bible said in verse 9, Let not a widow be taken into the number under threescore years old, having been the wife of one man. That's a big statement. In other words, when you're taken in and, and for the church to kind of support them, and what he's trying to say is that there's some people who can be widows in the church that don't have no children, no family members, and therefore she has been doing these things. She loves God. She prays. She comes to church all she can and sometimes she can't. And God says those are the ones that are to be taken into church for the church to take care of her. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what he's saying here is let the widow, let not a widow be taken into the number under three score years old. You know what three score is? Sixty. Mm -hmm. You don't take a woman in under sixty. 
under 60. Having been the wife of one man. We'll not get into the, that business tonight of having, because she's got been a wife of two or three and they've all died. She's still got to, she's still considered a widow. But shortly out of two sets or three sets of families, I had an uncle one time married a woman, married to her a long, long time, and he, she died. He married again, stayed with her quite some time, and she died. And he married another woman, and they stayed married quite some time, and she died. Everybody was beginning to wonder, was he killing them? But he married the fourth one, and he died. And so in all that, those women had children with him, most of them did, and they had family members to take care. You understand where I'm coming from? But these widows that's been in here for, you know, they're under, they're over 60. You take them in if they have nobody to help them. Verse number 10, here's something else about that widow. She's got to be well reported off for good works. Some widows that you'd classify tonight that don't go to the house of God, I would classify them and this is my judgmental part and I'm not supposed to judge. But sometimes you can tell, uh, well, I, I've always been able to tell where a peach tree is going to have apples or peaches. And if I call an apple tree and it's got a peach on it, I found out it's not an apple tree. It's a peach tree. So you can check, check it out. And checking this out, what I'm saying is sometimes I'm judgmental. And when a woman who's lived a wicked, vile, ungodly, unholy life, she's not a widow indeed. If she have brought up children, that's a qualification. If she have lodged stranger, and that don't mean she takes them in like a prostitute either. She's fed preachers and missionaries. She's took care of the people of God. She made cakes and pies and pots of green beans and took them to somebody in need in her younger years. If she have washed the saints' feet, and that's not necessarily mean getting down on her hands and knees, although she may have done that. She may have gone somewhere and helped somebody that was in need get a bath. You understand? She's doing good deeds and things, and that's a, that's a widow. If she have relieved the afflicted, in other words, she's went and prayed for them and tried to help them the best she can to those who are sick. Maybe cleaned her house, washed her dishes. Something of that nature when somebody in the, in the community was sick. You understand what I'm saying? She showed hospitality in her young years. She's not able now. But she's took care of the work of God. Amen. We're living in a time when church people don't care about the church people anymore. 
This has happened for several years. Back when I started off preaching, and I don't want to change that, I'm just telling you, and I'm not looking for a place to eat uh, dinner next Sunday. But I remember when I first started preaching, Brother Burl, I know you remember this, they would, church members say, they'd fight over who's, just about it, who's going to feed the preacher next Sunday. They had to, uh, Go into all kinds of things. I'd tell them, ladies and gentlemen, I'm coming to eat with you down there. But now don't go out and buy a new rug. And don't go out and buy a new set of blinds. And don't go out. Don't spend your money on things to impress me. I'll just take a chicken leg. And I'd go in and you'd see it. And one of the kids would say, Mama, I went out and bought a new table this week. And she'd say, well, my old one's about to fall apart. Don't they know I was poor? Have been poor? Yeah. You don't have to step out to impress me tonight. And I'm not looking for coming to eat dinner with you next Sunday. <laughs> Understand. But we're coming to a place where they don't do that anymore. If she have diligently followed every good work, she's a good working lady. But he says in verse 11, hurriedly, I'll come back to these later. But the younger widows refuse. If we're under 60, you refuse them. You don't take them to, for the church to help. Because usually, as a general rule, those women can still jump rope. I got some in here can't jump rope. Amen. Amen. And, but the younger widows refuse, for when they have begun to wax wanton against Christ, they will marry. In other words, they've still got a little life in them. They ain't dead and dried up and all that stuff. And so they'll get a little spark of, of uh, you know, the flesh. And they'll wax wanton and they'll get have a few little desires. And that, that wanton means... Uh, you know, get the place that they become unrestrained and have desires of their flesh. And so what they do, they go around looking for a husband. You said, well, that don't fit to me. Amen. Maybe it don't, but that's why Paul said we won't do it. He said, having damnation because they have cast off their first faith. They're still, they're not ready for the nursing home. Amen. And with all, they learn to be idle. Uh-oh. Wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but tattlers also, and busybodies speaking things which they ought not. Now, I know sometimes you can be 75, you can be 80, you can be 90, and still be a tattler and a backbiter. And so they end up getting in, being busybodies in other men's matters. Some of, the, some of the worst people I ever have to deal with tonight are people who are just plain out old busybodies. Yeah. Instead of supplications and prayers day and night and continually walking and living for God, they're tattlers and backbiters. Yeah. Do you think that the church ought to take care of tattlers and backbiters? No. I will therefore that the younger women marry bear children, guide the house, give more, uh, give none occasion to the adversary, the devil, uh, to speak reproachfully. 
For some are already turned aside after Satan. If any man or woman that believeth have with us, let them re relieve them. And let not the church be charged that it may relieve them that are widows indeed. Now I've skipped over about an hour and a half of preaching right there. Does that make sense tonight? Amen. Don't you think this needs to be preached up and down our country? Amen. It sure does. Preachers need to be preaching that. And if, what's happened is we've got away from that. Well, I don't want my kids to have to go through all that stuff. I had to take care of my mama when she was dying. and Oh, that was so tough. And had to get... That's your responsibility. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you. <laughs> it's your responsibility. And so I was saying to you tonight. Now we just... I, I've just kind of scratched a little scabbing off of this. And we'll come back and cut it up later, okay? I'm saving myself some preaching. God bless you. Amen and amen.